Yes, sir. Mic check one, yes, mic check two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. More money, more money, more money. Cheyenne, we alive, my brother. Oh, man, we hot already. We hot. Man, we sizzling. I'm going to have to keep an eye on you, man. <laughs> we coming off another hot week of some good financial talk. Most specifically, the crypto of the doggy. We going to the boat, folks. Yes, sir. You got me to cross over to crypto, man. You a bad influence on me. Well, you know, I just try to make sense of it all. Why throw our money away when we could put it into a pot of gold? Yes, sir. And one day wake up on the other side of the rainbow with another pot of gold. I understand you. I think one day uh, that crypto is going to get here. Oh, absolutely. As soon as as the uh, government and the SEC figure out how to incorporate the uh, blockchain technology in the financial institutions, Mm -hmm. um, that crypto is going to be the wave of the future. So it's going to eventually get there. Yeah, I just need doggy coin to get to about $119. I had a dream last night that doggy coin got to either $1.19 or $119. Man, you still young. I don't even. I, I don't even know if I dream. <laughs> bro, when, when I go down, I'm down, bro. The coroner's office come on in and put a chalk line around my body. <laughs> oh man, I'm just getting the soundboard together, y'all. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. That's the button I was looking for. But anyway, let me get right to it, Sean. Yes, sir. Bring us in the right way. You got the chill, chill, ladies and gentlemen. Relax your mind as you consciously free. You listening to the IGC? Drizzy, Drizzy in the house. All right, I'm cutting up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I Got Sense podcast. We are on episode 24, and today we're going to be talking about the primary market versus the secondary market, and this market that we speak of is the market that's been a hot topic of conversation as of the last month and a half. That's the stock market, folks. Mm-hmm. I am your co-host, Andre, owner of KLE Creations, young entrepreneur and mentee of none other than the man, the myth, the legend, the brother who knows how to make your money, make money for you. The brains behind the whole operation of the I Got Sense business Shyon Simmons, everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Shyon Simmons, the I Got Sense Investment Advisor, a.k.a. DJ Dividends, in the house today again, baby. There he is. What's going on today, man? It's it's feeling good outside. The sun is bright. It's It's feeling good. It's feeling great. Feeling like Southern California again, huh? West side. <laughs> West side. <laughs> you got the shell. 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 So yeah, let's uh how, how how are you doing before we get into this? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great, man. Uh last week, you know, it was a little nippy. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we you know, it drops a little sixty-two degrees out here, we start complaining. So it was a little nippy last week. It was raining, drizzling a little bit, and so it, it's good to be back to normal. But I'm feeling good today, man. I'm in a great mood. That's good. It sounds like our energy is nice and high today. Maybe not as high as uh, coming off the crypto talk, but you know we nice and we nice and mellow. Good for yeah, a California good. day. Good for California yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, we good. We good to go today, man. That's good. If y'all hear some uh, cage rattling, 
or some shuffling of some type of paper. It's it's Scrappy. Scrappy wants to say hello. Is that our boy Scrappy yeah, chilling Scrappy, over there? Scrappy Dizzle in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Act acting up, cutting up. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk some shop today. I know the last couple of weeks we've been talking about investing both in the stock market as well as crypto. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, you know, there was a big craze going on about GameStop and AMC. And you educated me on the whole situation with hedge funds and Robinhood. Uh, primarily the, the, the laws protecting Robinhood from the whole halting people from selling their uh, shares to make their profit. Well, I wouldn't say it was the laws. I would just say it was the broker dealers uh, making a business decision to honor those uh, options contracts mm-hmm. that those institutional investors had. Yeah. Versus the uh, retail investors that were just trying to, uh, you know, see uh, a gain off of their investment in the uh, those stocks or those companies that they felt the investment advisors were trying to bankrupt, and that's why we're doing this podcast today. To talk about how the stock market work and the four markets that exist within the um, stock market, um, because the whole premise behind that Reddit group getting together mm-hmm. um, to uh, manipulate the stock to go up for you know uh, AMC, GameStop, BlackBerry, they felt that the institutional investors were trying to bankrupt those companies. And that's not the case at all. So that that's what we're going to talk about, the different markets within the stock market and how that works so that um, our audience has a better understanding. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's dive right into it. Okay. So I'm not sure if we've talked about this in a podcast. I, 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 I vaguely remember me mentioning it a long time ago about, um, you know, how the uh, investment market is structured, but they're they're basically five different players in the uh, infrastructure. So first and foremost, you have the issuer, um, and that's the company um, that um, is um, providing the stock for everyone to invest in. Mm -hmm. All right, so you have the issuer, and when the issuer wants to provide those stock to the public for the public to be able to buy them, they typically go out and get an investment banker. And that investment banker turns around and they find broker dealers to buy the stock from the issuer. Gotcha. That's the primary market. Now, when you say broker dealers, you're talking about the Fidelities, the Robin Hoods, the TDM. Yes, exactly. The E Trades, all of those folks that we have to go through to buy the stock. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get an opportunity to buy the stock, um, the issuers work directly with an investment banker and they do the IPO. And then they get with those broker dealers, and the broker dealers buy all of these outstanding shares wholesale. Remember how we talked about the whole thing with. Uh, was it Beyonce um, getting some of the? Yeah, we were talking about that off offline um, before now, it was available to the public. I believe it was Uber, Uber as a result okay. of uh, one of her collaborative concerts, whether it was with Coachella or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. She requested to be paid in Uber stocks. Okay, so instead of getting that multi million dollar check, she was like, "You can cut that multi million dollar check up into some." Uber shares before right. it IPO. She got some equity, gotcha. Yeah. So but she was in the primary market typically where the issue is working directly with the investment banker to find um, those individuals that's gonna uh, um, get some of those shares. Um, wholesale or 
or like you said, as a, a part of a, a endorsement deal. Mm-hmm. So that's the uh, um, primary market that we're talking about. So typically the company itself, they get all of their funding in the primary market. And once they get that funding, then they can go back and have enough capital to uh, implement all the strategies and marketing and advertisement stuff they need to do in the the products and services that they're going to provide. And they go on from there. Now, once the broker dealers have um, those outstanding shares, that's where we come into play um, as um, the retail investors. And the way we go about getting our stock as the retail investors is we're in the secondary market where the broker dealers um, have the platforms. You know, uh, you and I have TD Ameritrade. We have a Robinhood. Some folks might have an E-Trade. You know, you you, you got a... You got about eight or nine different platforms mm-hmm. where you can go out and get these uh, um, uh, outstanding shares um, that you can buy. Right? Am I confusing you? Nope, nope. Okay, but but once we get to this level here, we're in the secondary market, and those uh, dealers, those broker dealers, those are the ones that control all those shares. In order for us to get the share itself, we get on our trading platform, and we go in and say, we want this stock, we want this many shares, and then we offer the price we're willing to pay for it. Correct? Correct. And so when we hit that trade or execute a buy button that transaction actually goes over to a actual stock broker who works for e-trade fidelity td ameritrade or whatever and he transacts that in the stock market but we're doing that in the secondary market and it's after the fact and i think we spoke about this the last time we were talking about it we're not in the secondary market where it's kind of like we're going to the convenience store we're not going directly to the manufacturing plant and getting it like those initial um, investors in the primary market. We're getting it out on the secondary market. And therefore, all the transactions that we're doing back and forth, they don't really impact the actual issue anymore. What we're doing is buying and trading stock from each other. So as you go in at the price that you buy, and then the price that you sell, you're either going to make a profit or you're going to make a loss. Those profit and losses are coming from the other investors that are coming in the market at different times than you are. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So this whole concept that Reddit came about, um, talking about the institution investors were trying to uh, short the uh, you know game stock um, and the uh, AMX. I mean, AMC AMC. Mm -hmm. and the uh, BlackBerry and several others to uh, try to put them out of business. That's just that's simply not the case at all. The the fact of the matter is, is that the institutional investors looked at those business models of those companies and said those business models are obsolete. They're going to die off. So we're going to go out and buy some put options and make some money as they go out of business. The Reddit users. they didn't like that. And so they came in with the uh, mindset that these institution investors are trying to put um, these companies out of business and that's not fair. That's not right. So what we're going to do is we're going to all get together and start buying up more and more of these outstanding shares of stock. And that's going to um, um, manipulate the market and make the price go up instead of down. Mm-hmm. That's where the whole frenzy came from. Yeah. But the whole spirit and intent behind why the Reddit 
users did all of that stuff, they were wrong. It had absolutely nothing to do um, with uh, the institutional investors trying to make GameStop and uh, AMC and BlackBerry them go out of business. They were just capitalizing on an opportunity because they know how to market work. And so that's why we're sharing this environment. I mean, we're sharing this conversation today to talk about, you know, how the outstanding shares are first provided to the public in the primary market. And then once the broker dealers get them, they use an actual broker mm-hmm. to sell them to the retail investors. So I've talked about three different sides of the infrastructure already. I've talked about the issuer. That's the company who um, actually um, um, offers the stock to the public. I've talked about the broker dealer. Those are the TD Ameritrades, the E-Trades, um, you know, the uh, Robin Hoods. Those are the broker dealers that actually have them and own them now, and they're reselling them at retail, mm-hmm. and they use brokers to actually do that transaction forward. That's all on one side of the infrastructure uh, model. The other side of the infrastructure model is the investment advisor and then the investment advisor rep. So I'm an investment advisor rep. I'm the one that goes out and studies and researches, and I come up with financial solutions and recommendations for individual investors on what to invest in. I work for an investment advisor. And so that's the five components to it. So on one side of uh, the uh, um, picture, you have issuer who uses a broker dealer to distribute the uh, stock um, retail. And then you have the broker that does the transaction. He's the one that actually does the transaction on Wall Street. On the other side, you have the investment advisor who employs a bunch of investment advisor reps like me, or I might go up, you know, I'll go out and set up my own little boutique and I could be the investment advisor and the rep that also makes the recommendations to the public, to the retail investors and say, I say, you know, I go out and say, Andre, you're trying to um, um, get to uh, $500,000 in your account by the time you retire. You're 35 years from retiring. Um, I think these are some good stocks or these are some good mutual funds or ETFs that you should invest in based on what you've told me about your income, your risk tolerance, and your suitability on how you want to achieve this here 500, uh, this $500,000 goal 35 years from now. So is this all making sense to what, what yeah, I'm saying yeah, to you? Yeah, this makes sense. So basically, to recap, again, for the audience, we've already discussed the issuers, which are the corporations that issue the stocks to the the public general public and mm-hmm. the general public accesses these stocks through brokerage brokerages. Yes. And exactly. those are institutional. They're not the, inst- I mean, not the institutional investors. Those are, those are essentially the fidelities, the TD Ameritrades, right. the Robin hoods. Yeah. So thank, on and so yeah forth. Thank, let, let's do a quick analogy here. Think of it as, um, let's let, what's your, let's say use our favorite car now, Neo. Mm-hmm. So, Neo, the actual manufacturer of the electric car, they actually Sorry, want I to, have to hit that. <laughs> okay, hit that cash count for so, the Neo. So we, yeah, we we're doing an analogy here. So Neo manufactures the car, right? Mm-hmm. Neo is not in the business of individuals like me and you walking up to the manufacturing plant to buy a car. That's not how it works. So what Neo does is they. Um, 
um, make sure they manufacture enough cars and send it, sends it out, send all those vehicles out to the, the Neo dealerships. I follow you. And so when we want to buy a car, we go to the Neo dealership. So Neo, the manufacturer, sold it to the dealership at wholesale. Then the, the dealership gets everything and puts it together. Um, and you know how when you go to the car, they say, okay, this is the wholesale price, but the suggested manufacturing retail price is this because we added on this and blah, 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 blah. So we buy retail from the dealership. And the way we get it from the dealership is when we go out there, we go out on the lot and then there's a rep that works for the dealership. Is that making sense? Mm -hmm. So we get it at the retail level where the price of the shares are already marked up for the dealership to make their profit as well. But the dealership has already paid the manufacturer when they got the vehicles wholesale. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. In regards to the primary market, Mm -hmm. is it possible for everyday people like you and I to invest in the primary market? And if so, how does this process look? When you say everyday people, you talking about, uh, you know, just Joe Smo that needs to get finance. Joe Smo, Jack Joe, Jane Jarrah. <laughs> no, you, chances <laughs> are you're not going to be able to get it in the primary market. You have to be a moving shaker. Mm-hmm. You have to have some serious money, kind of like we talked about, about Beyonce. Or you have to have some clout or some type of juice. Or some that, sort of connection. Right, some type of connection to get in that conversation at the table when the manufacturer is working with an investment banker to raise the capital for the company itself. Okay, that makes sense. So the the average Joe Schmo guy, he's not going to be able to come in and get no shares in that primary market. He's going to have to wait till those shares are available in the secondary market. Understood, understood. Thank you for that clarity. Second question. Mm -hmm. Once we've gotten to the secondary market okay. where the general public is now purchasing shares of these individual stocks. Mm-hmm. How do corporations benefit from the shares being purchased by the general public? Well, they benefit because now if the product or service is good enough, um, then you're going to have more and more people trying to get those outstanding shares that are available to the public. And I might not have covered this before when the issuer actually decides they want to do um, um, a, a initial public offering. Um, their board of directors and investment bankers, they all decide the total number of shares they're going to offer to the public. So there's a set amount of shares. Um, so it might be 10 million shares out there. If the product and service is good, let's say like an Apple, those uh, outstanding shares are going to get bought up really, really quick. And as they're getting bought up, the price is going up, mm-hmm. kind of just like we saw with the whole GameStop. Um, GameStop. The more and more demand it is for it, the more and more the price is going to go up. And then the people that are holding it as the price are going up, they have their own strategy. So when they get to a certain um, stock price, they're going to sell and cash out. Mm-hmm. But now once those uh, shares become available again, they go back to the broker dealer and the broker dealer turns around and says, okay, these same shares that um, were once going for $50, now they're available for $400. And there's always somebody lined up ready to get them. Mm-hmm. So the way this here benefits the actual company itself is when the company sees that their product and service is that good and there's that much demand for it, they may um, do one of two things. They may say, hey, you know what? 
let's buy back some of those shares so that so many shares are not available to the public. And once I um, reduce the amount of shares that are available to the public, now the supply is going to go down and it's going to make the demand go up even more. But because they bought some of the shares back themselves now, they're really actually helping the current shareholders that are holding on to it. Is, am I making sense? Got you. Got okay. You. Yeah, yeah. Or they can say, you know what? We're doing so good. Um, let's go ahead and uh, do another offering. Let's do an, another round of offering now. So let's issue some more outstanding shares and make them available. But when you issue more shares, now what you're doing is for each individual. Yeah, the, the, share. yeah. You're, you, now you're. Um, uh, increasing the supply that's out there mm -hmm. and now the demand might be going down so you might be balancing out but as you add more sh outstanding shares out there um, you have to look at the aggregate uh, percentage that everybody owns mm -hmm. because if you already own let's say 1% of a certain stock and then the company itself says we're going to issue some more shares out there now overall the total number of shares you have against the outstanding shares your percentage goes down did that did i confuse you with that no that makes perfect sense okay so so the, so these are way i'm talking i'm asking your questions to uh your, your question about how does this benefit the company or then also like we've seen with some of my favorite stock out there you know the visas the apples the mm -hmm. nikes um you might see a stock split that was my second question yeah so, so how do how do splits come into play well, the splits come into play because they, you know, the company has these outstanding shares out there, uh -huh. but the value of the shares have gone up so high, either because of demand um, or because the product or service is so good and they keep dominating the industry. Once the price gets so high, let's say like a... a um, we just saw it happen with Tesla and Nike or we, we everyone's sitting around waiting for Amazon. Um, let, let's let's go with the Amazon example. Amazon stock price is so high now. We're waiting for Amazon to say, you know what, let's go. Let's do a stock split. And when they do a stock split, it might be a two for one, which would cut the stock price in half. Price in half. It might it's sitting be, at currently it's sitting at what, about fifteen hundred? I'm not sure if we had a research yeah, assistant that. here, they could be on the other side of the board doing all this research and real right. time for us. in due time. But I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> do my research myself real yeah, quick. Yeah, but you. but you know the stock split, it can be you know a two for one, it could be a four for one, it could be a seven for one. So basically, what you're doing is you're knocking down the whoa, uh, jeez. I'm sorry. What happened over there? I just looked up how much one share of Amazon costs what last time I checked. Last time that I checked, it was uh, only about a thousand dollars per share. Mm -hmm. You talking about splitting? That would only bring it to a little over fifteen hundred a share. It currently, as of today, is three thousand three hundred and forty-seven dollars per okay, share. Okay, so let's let's use since you have this up now, let's use this as a uh, um, example here, mm -hmm. so that we can better explain this here to our audience. Okay. So if you're saying the price currently now is $3,300, if they did a two-for-one stock split, it would knock the price down to about uh, $1,650. Mm -hmm. Or if they did a four-for-one split, that would knock it down to about $875 per share. 
the whole purpose of doing a stock split is, is to get the price back down to something that's reasonable for the public, for the average guy. Because the average person that comes along, they're not going to want to go out and spend $3,300 for a share of Amazon. Right. And so when you do the split, so let's say there are 10,000 shares of uh, Amazon stock that are out there that they issue for the public to buy mm-hmm. and you do a four for one split. That means the price is going to drop down. Um, so if you divide that uh, 33, whatever number we're talking about, by, by four, now you're going to uh, come up with uh, 800 something dollars per share. But now the number of shares are going to um, go up. 836 and yeah. 75 so, cents. So yeah, so you, you do a four for one split. The price goes down to that $800 number you just gave us. And then the number of shares automatically go up four times to 10,000. So now you have 40,000 shares out there, but you only have to pay 800 something dollars for them now. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that makes people like me and you who couldn't afford to pay in at the 3,300, we can now jump in at the uh, 800 something dollars. And, and and so that's what the stock splits intent is, is to get the price lowered back down to a point that's reasonable for the public to be able to buy it in the secondary market. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. And that will sense. attract more money in. And then now that money um, comes in to benefit um, the broker dealers and everything. But what the company itself is doing, they're pretty much saying that, hey, our products and services are so great. We're going to do a stock split, knock the price back down on the um, stock split. And then over time, we're going to see the price go right back up. So let me give you uh, myself. Let me use myself as an actual um, um, case study that happened with me. Um, So um, when I first started out um, buying Apple stock way back in 2003, um, I ended up getting 700 shares of Apple over time between 2003 and 2007 or somewhere around there. I ended up getting 700 shares of uh, Apple stock. Right now, you said in 2003, 2007. Yeah, between 2003 and 2007. Man, you're not over there counting my money. Are you? I'm not, but I'm just going <laughs> to share with the folks how okay. much a share of Apple was in 2016, which okay. was. It, was, it should have been around $20 or something. Yeah, 2016, that was definitely $24. Damn. Mm-hmm. So, so I got it back in 2003. 700 shares. I had 700 shares, but in 2014. More money, more money, more money. <laughs> but let me, let me finish the story up. Get, take a look at take take a look at the Apple stock in 2014, somewhere around October or November, maybe between September and November mm-hmm. of 2014. Apple had a seven for one split. That means my Apple shares went from seven hundred to forty nine hundred dollars. Wow. So now the 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 value of my so you had seven hundred shares mm-hmm. four for one seven for one so it was a seven seven for one, for one split yes mm-hmm. 
Dang. So my number so you shares have 4, turned into four thousand nine hundred shares yeah. of Apple. But I didn't make a I didn't make a single dollar off of that because right. at the time the price adjusted yeah. to the number of shares that went up. So the total value of my um, portfolio on the day of the, the split. We well, talking about to the moon. Well, let's just talk about the day of the split. Okay, okay. The price didn't go. Right. You know, my value of yeah. my investment didn't go up on the day. I of just the, split. The, the price per share just came down, mm-hmm. and the number of shares I had went up mm-hmm. times seven. So 700 times seven went up to 49. Now let's talk about a week or two months after But that. then over time <laughs> from 2014 coming to where we are yes, now, sir. they went up tremendously. The price of it went up. But then remember just back in 2020, didn't Apple have another split? Let, was let, it two or three for one? Wasn't it a two for one? Two a four, for one. It was a four for one. It was a four for it one was a split. Four for it was one, a four yeah. for one split. Wow. Okay. Exactly. So now, so now, do my forty nine shares times four, and and tell me, uh, didn't you come up with about nineteen thousand shares? Sheesh. So your boy over here getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> and so the go- the goal is every time you do that split, <laughs> I'm gonna have to make that a sound bite. <laughs> That's our new sound bite. I'm adding that to the soundboard. Your boy, are you getting paid? <laughs> so, so as you can see, I parlay. I started with a hundred. Yeah, I was parlay. out there grinding. Parlay, you know, parlay. Sheesh, hooty hoo. Lord, eh. You got the show. That's the end of the pod, folks. We done. We taking it out on that. <laughs> we don't need to go nowhere, man. But see, I've I've had this success with oh Apple. My goodness, I've had this success with Visa. Visa had a mm-hmm. four for one, and then I realized three stock splits with Nike because Nike has had three stock splits between 2006 and then 2014, and then uh, again recently Nike had a split um, um, probably two years ago or something mm-hmm. like that. So I've had these here similar experiences. Um, with uh, those three stocks, uh, Apple, Nike, and Visa. And you can probably go in and do your research and Google, you know, when did uh when did Nike have stock splits? It'll tell you when they had splits. But the whole purpose of the split is to make the uh, price of the uh, stock available to the common guy in the secondary market. And then once the price goes down, the number of shares the current owners have goes up. And then what you want to do is see that price go up. So that's what Apple was doing. Each and every time Apple gets up to around $400, they have a split and knock the price back down to around 90 or or $100. And then it seems like every three to four years, the price just keeps climbing back up to right around 400 because Apple has uniquely come up with that, you know, a product, you know, the, uh, I, you know, with the iPod, the, the iPod iPhone. really jumped them off. Then oh, the yeah, iPhone, yeah. then you got the MacBooks, you got the uh, the Buds now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, Apple run the hustle on you. Every time they come out with a new model, they change all the uh, cords. And so the old cords don't work with the new products. And, and so when you, when you become an avid um, Apple um, um, patron and you're all in each and every year, you're doing the upgrades with them. So they're up to the iPhone 12 now, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you, I'm always uh, encouraging people to go out and get the get the iPhone 12, get the latest iPhone because every time you all go out and buy an iPhone, that helps my stock go up, <laughs> and then I'd be over here getting paid. Mama, 
you know, that, that, that's how this here whole game goes with the uh, stock split. So we, we've gone off on a tangent, but we, you, oh, this you is had, a great tangent had, to go you off. You asked on. a question about uh, this is a great tangent to go off. How on. does it benefit the company to do a stock split? Mm -hmm. um, and this is why, because it, it, it's basically representative of the company's products or services or both doing so well that the demand for the uh, shares are going to just continue to keep going up and up and up and up. And Apple is the classic um, textbook example. I, I, if I'm willing to bet my firstborn and my right arm that over the last 20 years, there's no other stock that has outperformed Apple. And we didn't even talk about the dividend payout right that, for each of those shares exactly Man. and so them dividends are coming every 90 days and i and i've shared hmm. that with you before you did. that's what kind of convinced you to get into the kind stock market. yeah so I, I'm like, I ain't not invest since then so <laughs> i have been investing since then yeah i'm like you know every 90 days and and i'm like here's my portfolio and out of all these stocks i have i think at the time i had maybe 18 different stocks in my portfolio mm -hmm. but 14 of them were paying quarterly dividends yeah and those checks are coming in every 90 days and and like i said that's what she lashina and i uh you know we use that money to travel you know we're on the road yeah. a lot we go back and forth we've been buying a lot of investment properties um and i've been able to uh modify my whole um investment advisor business model because you know i don't charge people a whole lot of money mm -hmm. um to do the investments with me and i focus more so now on the I got sense financial literacy piece, just educating um, the people. And, uh, you know, we use some of the uh, dividend money to even, um, you know, uh, sponsor and pay for our whole podcast platform and, yeah. and take care of everything we need to do. We, we don't have to wait or chip in all our loose change to get it, you know, whatever we need to make the thing work. I can just go over there and grab some money out of that pot where all the dividends go in. Hit them with the flex. Hit them with the flex. Hey, well, the, but, but I mean, this is the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> it's a blessing it. for sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a blessing. blessing. I always try to stay humble, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, um, I've worked in, um, you know, the uh, financial uh, industry um, as a financial professional for over 28 years. And for a long time, when I was young, trying to cut my teeth and get to the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. I made a ton of money. But I made a ton of money catering to, you know, that one percent, you know, you yeah. know, the top 10 percent, because when it comes to investing, there's really not a whole lot of money to make from middle class America. So that's why most uh, middle class um, folks, they don't really have a uh, license investment advisors and financial planners and, you know, tax accounts and all of those types of things, mm -hmm. because um, they just don't have the uh, discretionary money to pay for those types of things. Um, so as I got to a point where um, my earnings myself and my accumulation of wealth myself was to the point where I'm not necessarily worried about where my next meal is going to come from. I'm not worried about how I'm trying to pay my bills. I'm good to go. And I think I have my kids in a good position for them to be good to go. They're never going to go without either. Yeah. Um, at that point, I started making a transition to where I started focusing more and more on the financial literacy piece instead of just out there grinding trying to get the money i ain't mad at you brother i am not mad at you but i i definitely have to send a big shout outs out to apple nike um, and visa 
And of course, the aerospace industry too. They've taken care of me very well. <laughs> Last week, I was showing you when you were talking about the best uh, dividend paying companies. I was yeah. showing you Northrop. Yeah, you know the Northrop Grumman's, the Lockheed Martin's, the Boeing's. They, the Raytheon's. They they pay very um, handsome um, dividends as well. You said Lockheed, huh? Lockheed Martin. Then you know they're the uh, number one uh, aerospace uh, contractor in the U.S. And Raytheon's another good one, you say? Raytheon, yes, sir. Boeing, yeah. North of Grumman. I know y'all hear Scrappy back there making a lot of noise. He over here taking notes. I don't even hear Scrappy. Yeah, he over here taking notes. <laughs> but yeah, we we've gone off on a tangent, but uh, it's a great tangent. Yeah, it's the, a great tangent. I'm sure people are definitely tuned in, and if they smart and wise, they would have wrote down yeah. these uh, stocks you mentioned. Well, so, I'm over but, here just well, they should they should situation. just go off of my casual conversation because, like I tell every uh, client that I talk to, um, that the uh, investments are not necessarily a blanket um, good advisement for each and every individual. Mm-hmm. You have to really take a look at um, their um, financial capability. You have to look at their risk tolerance and then you also have to take a look at um, what their uh, wants likes and dislikes are so right um I, I very well can't go in talking to an investment client about you need to get some lockheed martin and some raytheon um stock because they make all the um fighter jets that we uh, fight our wars with and we protect our country with mm-hmm. uh, raytheon makes all those tomahawk missiles and the bombs and stuff that go on all the airplanes so if you're a peace lover and you're against war um, that's something that I have to, uh, you know, assess in my suitability assessment of the client and everything. So I can't make those types of recommendation to the people that are against war. Right. That's not a good fit. That's a conflict of interest. So people generally speaking, when we're talking about these individual stocks and things, that's not a blanket statement for you to go out there and jump in. Um, there's a whole lot more that goes behind the scenes on whether or not it's a good investment for your particular situation. Absolutely. I was just saying take notes. No, I wasn't saying go yeah. buy it. Cause take you, notes because then you could go, like you said, do your own research. Right. Yeah. Or if you like within three years of retirement, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't be looking to get in any stock at all. You should be starting to pull back and transition away from the stock and maybe more so towards uh, bonds and money market type stuff where there's a lot of downside protection so that if something uh, comes out of nowhere and hit us like March of 2020 mm-hmm. when the pandemic first hit us and, you know, 40% of the market dropped overnight. If you're within a uh, short range of retiring, you don't need to be in the market and be exposed to those uh, types of things. So uh, each uh, investor has their own unique circumstance. So um, never go by what we're talking about here, generally speaking, um, for you to go jump out and do um, take it with a grain of salt and um, do your research, uh, do, do your, your research. Googles. Yeah. And then if you need to, you can reach back out to your boy, DJ dividends and I can work with you and guide you in the right direction. You heard, <laughs> but I don't use this here platform to promote, to try to get new clients, but I'm just saying y'all can come holler at your boy if you want to. Hey, I always say on every episode, feel free to leave <laughs> a comment on the YouTube page or on the Instagram page or even DM us on either platform. And I'm up to 346 clients. I've picked up uh, five clients over the last uh, week or so. 
So, That's what I like to hear. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm doing good. And if you're good, and at, shout out to our new subscribers, man. I didn't even oh, didn't yeah. even start off the episode with that, man. Hold on, let's give a kudos to all our new. Oh new yeah, folks. I really appreciate the love. But you know, I'm a backwoods country boy. I don't mind going out there asking if I have to go door to door. I will, but right. you know, I ask the people, please, y'all, show me some love and subscribe, hit the like buttons, share. You know, just like you do at the end of a mm-hmm. each and every podcast. But what we talked about at the very beginning of starting this here podcast, we wanted to organically grow our audience. We're not using all of those robotic things out there trying to get our numbers up and compete with everybody else as far as subscriptions and likes and all that stuff. We want the people that subscribe and listen to, uh, you know, naturally uh, want to come over and listen to us every single week and um, use our content and information and guidance as a part of their own wealth building strategy. Absolutely. But we really every appreciate Monday. the love. We we saw every Monday we drop a new episode. Girl. Every Monday, every single Monday. It's hard work too, ain't it? Oh uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> man, it takes some time. That's okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah, we we don't just pull up and then start talking. We do a whole lot of pre-production. We do a lot of post-production stuff, and throughout the uh, week, uh, we do you know research and you know the team and every, uh, everybody is really working hard to make this here a quality product absolutely. so that we don't have to uh, use clickbait so that we don't have to come on here and talk about <laughs> gossip use, about celebrities. Don't have to use clickbait anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that. I wasn't feeling it. We just go, you know, just drop, click, you drop talking the, about the LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did use LeBron I did do that with, with, with Brian, Brian and uh, I want to say, Oprah might have been one too, or Tyler Perry. Did you? But I don't even. Yeah, I think that those. was all in the same episode, though. Well, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, either one of them three coming through. They oh, can by all means, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shoot, we could talk. Can, we could talk some shop with well, any you, one of them. You know, you know, my office is right across from the Lakers' uh, practice facility, so I, I see. Well, Le- I see Leroy a lot, but you know, I'm not a jock rider, so yeah. I don't. You know, I don't be over there. Waving and stuff And trying to get them To look my way and stuff Hey subscribe to the pod <laughs> Shout us out one good time hey, You know that's yeah. all it takes all, all, it, all it takes is for Leroy To tweet You know tweet uh, Shout out to Sean Simmons At the <laughs> I Got Sense podcast Brothers out here Doing yeah. a lot for the community yeah, And Leroy I've been defending you For 15 years brother and You know what I'm saying yeah, Show me some love back Leroy Go talk Let's get it <laughs> Shoot Man are we Have we, we didn't, Diminished we didn't the enter, podcast we didn't Down to begging and pleading we didn't enter into the sports section of the podcast. Uh, you said you was a country boy who ain't afraid yeah, to go dough to dough. So, and you hey. know, I, I have a few. Uh, I have a few clients that are you know in those arenas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, hey, have them, have them, have them tune into the podcast. But that, but that's one and of if the, they if they feel inclined to shout us out. Hey, that's that's a positive. But you see, know? that's one of those conflict of interest, and yeah. that's one of those core fundamental things. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, ask my clients to uh, do any shout outs for me to Absolutely. promote um, because as a licensed investment advisor I can't have testimonies like that mm-hmm. so uh, that I'll definitely get slapped on the hand um, by the SEC and FINRA but me on the other stuff. hand not being an investment advisor and just being an everyday retail investor do I'll be more do. than happy to <laughs> let folks know that you are the man 
the myth and the legend behind hey, the I, I Got pre- Sense podcast. I appreciate that, man. So if you we can... ever in the same room with uh, any of these yeah, clients you... of yours, feel free to tug my shoulder so I can make sure I drop man, that. Are scent you trying on... to get me in trouble? Not at all. I, yeah, we'll do. We'll we'll do what we gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking, man. But yeah. Look, so let's rewind, though. We were talking about the splits. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, different markets, and we were talking about, you know, the primary versus the secondary, and you asked me um, what would be the benefit of a, a stock split. So. Yes, sir. And I wanted to highlight something I had going on in my personal portfolio. Mm-hmm. So mark my words. On this day, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, before the Super Bowl starts, even though y'all going to hear this tomorrow on Monday, February 7th mm-hmm. uh, Actually yes So As of today I have 12 shares of Apple Gotcha Now I got those 12 shares as a result of My 2000 I made Off of doggy coin Or okay. 2500 of the 2000 So what does that mean you bought doggy coin low You sold it when it got high I put $148 in the doggy coin So okay. all of y'all out there buying J's If you ain't make off of a doggy coin for the price of one pair of J's, you sleep. Yeah. I I ain't saying that to flex. I'm saying that to let you know (laughs) it's money to be made out there. Yes, sir. But so I put that directly in the Apple. And can you disclaim that it's no, the stock market is not a conspiracy? Oh, it's not. You know, I was talking to my cousin about this (laughs) yesterday and uh, he was saying right now more than ever, the stock market is, 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 is hot as a result of you know, GameStop and whatnot. And I was just explaining to him, like, it's always been hot and it's always been an opportunity for people to generate wealth. Hey, can I, can I, can I interrupt you? Can I go off on one more tangent? Yeah, let's get it. Let's so get it. So the, the one tangent I want to go off of is not the GameStop stuff that has made the stock market hot. Mm-hmm. You know what has made the stock market hot? What's that? The whole coronavirus pandemic. Because Absolutely. in March of 2020. Everything went on sale. Clearance. Well, everything went on lockdown. And the so, stock market went on sale yeah, as of well, March yeah, 2020. Every, everything went on lockdown. Yeah. The stock market dropped by 40% because of the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And because everybody was locked in and had to put their lives on pause, everybody was sitting there twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And with the whole world being on pause and everybody not ripping and running and being so busy and stuck in their own little world, mm-hmm. everybody had a chance to sit around and see the whole world as it is, yep. how it works. In all of its facets. In all of its facets. And people have really taken the last year to get educated about a lot of things from politics to the stock market. And with regards to the stock market, people were able really to see how the one percenters and how the wealthy have been able to accumulate their wealth and then grow their wealth. Mm-hmm. And because we've been on pause, this is the great thing that has come out of this here whole coronavirus pandemic. We've been able to sit down and stop and look and pause. And I'm glad that a lot of people turned their focus towards seeing the stock market for what it is, how it really works and how this is the best opportunity for just the average everyday guy to consistently put a little bit of money in there and really start growing their money and building wealth. So I just wanted to go off on that little tangent to talk about what has happened over the last year and why so many people are now gravitating towards 
the stock market and why we uh, ultimately chose to start this here podcast. But there are still some, there's quite a few brothers and sisters out there that believe it's a conspiracy. And I, uh, I it's have really that coming. I have at least two conversations uh, just about uh, every week about this here, about those that still don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, even, I, I, I posted something on social media yesterday because this here brother um, was telling, trying to tell me that, man, you know, money ain't everything. Every, every time you talk and every time you come around, you always talking about money. Money ain't everything. <laughs> and I, I, I simply told him, I'm like, no, you're right. Money isn't everything, um, but neither is poverty. You know, I'm just like, yeah. you know, you got a choice. Do you want to have ain't money? everything, but it definitely will. S- it will what? I had to take a moment of moment of <laughs> to make, pause. I ain't did one of those in a minute. It'll make dealing with life a whole lot easier. It'll take care of a lot of them issues. Yeah, it'll it'll take care of a lot of those issues, and that and it'll that solve my, a lot of problems. Yeah, that was my was whole thing. Say. I'm like, my brother, you you, you want to be poor, broke, and hungry? Well, what that's that's what that's what happens, you know, when you you're not open to a growth mindset. I guess I don't, I don't want to put the brother down, but that just uh, that reminded me of you know that conversation I had yesterday, and it was so funny. I made a post about it on social media, but mm. uh, money money isn't everything, but it's it's uh, running a damn near close second <laughs> it's an integral part of life yeah. that's for sure yeah in, in, especially in america, if you live in america in capital in a capitalist society you need money mm-hmm. if you want to really function and so I'm, I'm glad that uh we have so much attention and so much focus on the stock market and, and now our content will be even more relevant because we're trying to get the information out there to the people so that they understand it a little bit more and once you kind of understand something a little bit more it brings down all those barriers you know the skepticism the fears you know all the conspiracy and you and you know to be honest i i would like to say that or i would like to believe that a lot of the skepticism comes from the fact that people don't have a financial foundation established so most of the time when they get involved in the stock market and they lose money they're quick to say it's a scam Mm -hmm. this ain't worth it this ain't it but in reality you just don't have a foundation to build your finances on you don't have money stashed away you don't have multiple accounts and this this no flex we talk about how to establish a financial foundation foundation throughout this Mm -hmm. throughout several series of episodes we we, we dedicated our first uh first 16 um, episodes to uh, just building the financial foundation because I advise people mm-hmm. um, all the time that if you don't have these first two layers in place uh, of your financial it's foundation. It's going to be stressful if you yeah, get in the stock market you're and you're lose not money. Ready. Yeah. Exactly. You're not ready to get in there. So yeah, we, we've we definitely uh, focused a lot of attention on that. And to these folks defense also, and it's my job as the I Got Sense Investment Advisor to help educate them and bring them over to the other side. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of our people's defense um, we do have uh, you know 400 years of slavery going all the way back to Europe 250 years here in America then we have 100 years of Jim Crow that took us all the way up to maybe uh, 1966 right and then from 1966 all the way up into maybe 19 the mid in mid to late 1980s a lot of rigged uh, 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 rules um, and stuff in the system that just had the deck stacked against us. Mm-hmm. And uh, like for me, uh, I'm only 52 years old, but I can I can discreetly remember um, my mom um, back in the uh, 
late 70s and early 80s, you know, getting paid and getting off and going and standing in line at the bank and cashing a check and, you know, uh, getting all the money in that little white envelope. And then on Friday or Saturday, she would ride around on the bus to get a friend to take and go pay all her bills um, in person. And then whatever uh, she had left over, she would use the go wind down and have a good time over the weekend. That's all we were really able to allow to, uh, we were only allowed to do as a, a race of people up until the late 80s, early 90s. So we all just uh, started learning about these here different types of financial tools um, and products that we can use to actually build wealth. We, we just learned, we, we just got access to it 10 minutes ago. So mm-hmm. in those people's defense, um, I, I understand, but like I said, I've dedicated um, my last 12 or so years to, uh, you know, the financial literacy piece and getting people educated and so, so that we can bring them over to this here side. But, you know, uh, getting in the stock market with very little money is uh, something that everybody can do. Mm-hmm. You can get in for as little as $50, $25 if you're a, a college student. And if you just consistently um, dedicate yourself to that month after month and then continue to learn as you grow and then as your career starts to take off and you earn more money, uh, get a pay raise or get a tax refund, increase the amount that you're putting in uh, monthly. Um, there's no reason why you couldn't start off with $25 and be into the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in the stock market within 10 to 15 years. That's that's something that's not unrealistic at all. Right. That's facts. Am I just rambling on? Like, no, that's oh. facts. I know we did hop from tangent to tangent, though. But uh, no, that's that's absolutely correct, and I couldn't agree with you with with you anymore. Uh, I did want to go back to the Apple share. So the reason okay. why I bought up me having twelve today is because I want this to be a testament of how starting off with a certain amount you can mm-hmm. grow that exponentially with with splits and having a financial plan to invest on a monthly basis. So we'll revisit my status on the number of shares of Apple that I own on a mm-hmm. monthly basis. I'll mention it at least once an episode each month. So yeah, and, and in the meantime, we we're gonna continue to watch um, that uh, Apple stock grow again. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it gets up, you know the. Uh, High three hundreds, uh, low four hundreds. We'll be waiting for another split to come around. Absolutely. And then and if you could get another seven to one split, that means your twelve are gonna go to eighty four, right? Right. <laughs> and then also too, I know we spoke about life insurance a few episodes back, and I said that I was just gonna bank on my SPYG to be my life insurance plan. Let me give right. you guys an update on how that's looking as of today. So I have an average cost of fifty four dollars. Hmm. And I have about 16.4 shares. I bought a few fractional shares. Gotcha. Since doing this in December, I'm up $45.72. Okay. I haven't gotten paid a dividend yet, but I'm already seeing a pro- seeing a seeing the growth of 45 bucks over a two month span. And now this- now imagine if I continue with that whole life insurance, I wouldn't have seen a profit in my pay- in my pocket until two years from now. This right, is only yeah. within the span of three you would months, not have seen two to three first, months. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen your first dollar uh, in cash value mm-hmm. probably until late twenty twenty three or sometimes in twenty twenty four, and uh, instead you went. Could you imagine? Well, hey, I've been. <laughs> that's what I've been trying to share with the folks yeah. out there, man. Yeah. So this is a testament <laughs> of Shion educating me and 
helping me to make a more financially sound decision based right. on my circumstances. And, and by goals. the time you get to the end of 2023, 2024, <laughs> imagine what that uh, pot of money is going to look like. It's going to look nice. <laughs> Very nice. It's going to look real nice. I'm going to be over here talking about something. Yeah, remember when you showed me your portfolio oh, and you, you was, your you, dividends was making more than I was making in a year? <laughs> now, you know, hey, I see how that feels now. You, you know you what I'm saying? Be the, I got more sense investment advice. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got dollars listening. Uh, yeah, I, I got sense advisors. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's where we want our whole audience to be. Man, yeah. we want we want all our followers and fans and uh, the people that uh, really uh, patronize us. To uh, we want to see everybody's. Uh, Once everybody win, portfolio. let's all grow together. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm still fairly new to this investment game. I've learned a lot over the last five years, but I'm still very much so an entry level investor, and I just want to grow. I want y'all to grow. I want to grow. I want Shine to keep growing and helping me grow. So I mean, it's it's it, just like anything else in life. There's so much opportunity out there for growth for any and every one of us. Man, my so. brother in nineteen from 1984 to maybe uh, late. 1986 I was out there in them streets <laughs> I was out there in them streets just trying to survive uh, and I you know I finally uh, took a look at the big picture and I yeah. said that man it's stressful out here in these streets cause you gotta look over one shoulder for the police mm -hmm. gotta look over uh, the other shoulder for the guys that say they're your homies but they trying to jack in and get you too I was like right. that's too stressful let me go sit down in this classroom get my books together and uh, so I can transition out of this street hustle into a legitimate hustle. Absolutely. And um, ever since then, I've been getting the knowledge because I uh, naturally was inclined to like math and accounting and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my accounting degree and background and that supplemented with an MBA, it really put me up on game. Um, I saw some experiences working in big six accounting where I was using all of my money to make sure I was out dressing everybody while everybody else was using all my financial analysis and information to buy stocks instead mm -hmm. of worrying about buying clothes and looking good. That was my wake up call in the mid 1990s. And after I saw those guys make a fortune off a of stock like Home Depot mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, some of the up and coming stuff like Walmart back in the day, um, that made me really reassess my situation and get my financial foundation together and then start looking to the stock market. And so that's what I did. So you're talking like like I talked about the Apple that I had started getting in 2003, mm -hmm. right around 1998. I mean, 1988, I started with a mutual fund, grew that to a little over $5,000, rolled all of that over into getting some Home Depot stock and a few other um, individual stocks. And uh, ever since then, man, it's just been steadily growing. And then eventually... Uh, after we got um, past that whole 2000 um, thing where we didn't know whether or not the whole world was going to come to an end because they couldn't figure out how to uh, put the uh, new calendar beyond 2000 in play, uh, that, that is really taking me uh, to a whole nother level. So, yeah, man, I, this here whole stock market thing, this isn't just something that's for the wealthy. It's not, um, you know, for the rich um, only. Um, it's for anybody that is willing to get their stuff together and uh, just commit to uh, putting some money in there and then using a little bit of um, research, 
um, a little bit of education and knowledge and applying themselves and then um, just sitting back watching watching it do what it do. Absolutely. It's been great. Absolutely. Sorry about that. But I, but I, I came from, uh, you know, uh, the projects in Florida. Out in them streets, you know, uh, uh, so I can relate to, you know, those out there just starting out. Yeah. Um, I haven't always been in this here position. Like I, I say all the time, I'm 52. So I've had a, a pretty great run. Um, but the key to my run has been the uh, understanding of why I'm getting in there mm-hmm. and uh, putting in the uh, patience and uh, making the sacrifice to consistently uh, put money in on a regular basis. Absolutely. That's what it's about. And I mean, shoot, I wasn't in the streets, but I was definitely out there having fun in my early 20s. I was I was I was focused on a financial plan, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have the education I have now. Gotcha. So my plan changed a little bit for the better. And I also don't come from a household of wealth. Um, I would Mm -hmm. say middle class family. And hey, you learn that instead of buying J's. Let me put it this way. I remember, I want to say three years ago, I posted on Instagram the price of Nike. It was about $75 a share. Uh huh. And I did a little small equation. Let's say you buy one pair of J's a month. Mm-hmm. You're looking at about anywhere between 120 to possibly 200 bucks. Yep. So at the time, let's say instead of buying a pair of J's per month, at the $75 price, you were buying two shares of Nike. Right. Roughly 145, 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nike today, 2021, is almost 150 bucks per share. Yes. And let's say you did that for. Sp- that's after three splits since the mid 2000s. Yeah. And this was 2017 when I mm-hmm. said it. So yeah. there was no splits, but just imagine if you did that for a year. Yeah. Two stocks a month, 24 shares. At the rate of seventy to eighty bucks, and it's ironic that you use this here Nike uh, example of what happened to you in your life because that's what uh, that's the same uh, uh, company that I used to convince my son CBD. Mm-hmm. Ah, CBD. <laughs> that Nike. Shout out CBD. Yeah, I, I showed him my Nike stock. Yeah, and how it grew from me just starting out with a hundred dollars. Uh huh. And uh, that that convinced him to go on out there and get in. And I'm like, man, instead of you spending your money to buy the Nike, spend your money to own Nike so that mm-hmm. every time everybody else buy the Nike, you get a piece of that. That's facts. <laughs> and that 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 crossed him over to, to this investment thing over there. And if I'm not mistaken, you can even get some dividends from Nike as well. Yeah, Nike does yeah. pay dividends. Yes, sir. So, and, and you know, let me go back and just uh, 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 make sure that we tie this all back to what our topic was today. You the know, primary market buying in the primary and secondary. All of these things that we're talking about of how we ourselves improved our lives financially and got to where we are today and, mm-hmm. and we're projected to go even further is because we um, we're out there investing and putting money back into ourselves instead of just consumer spending and everything. Mm-hmm. And and as an individual retail investor, please realize and understand that you're working in the secondary market. And what we do in the secondary market um, doesn't necessarily impact the company itself directly. 
So that whole Reddit group that thought they were getting back at, um, you know, the uh, investment, uh, I mean, the institutional investors, maybe they did hurt a few hedge funds here and there, but they didn't necessarily benefit GameStop. Mm hmm. They didn't benefit GameStop at all. So what they did was they uh, manipulated the price to go up, whereas the institutional investors were trying to uh, make money off it going down. And in the grand scheme of things, with that price going from $10 all the way up to a little over $400, what they were doing was taking money from each other. You know, some get in at, at 10 and then you sell at 100. Well, the other guy who's getting in at 100, you getting his money. Right. And he getting your shares. Right. And then he's selling at 300. He's doing it to the next guy and so on and so forth. And it got to the point where. Uh, Somebody's going to lose. It almost yeah, ends up the, being like the, a pyramid scheme, yeah, exactly. like a susu or something. Yeah, the guy left holding the bag, he's the one that's ultimately going to lose, yeah. not, um, you know, the uh, institutional investors. Because the institutional investors, they have all of money from us retail investors anyway mm -hmm. so they're, they're holding on to our money so that that's how this here whole thing uh this, this whole game goes we're in the secondary market and uh we're not in the primary market so don't think that when you see um next thing come along where someone is shorting a stock um, that you should go out and manipulate and make the stock go in the other direction because like we've talked about numerous times here, game stock is an obsolete business model. No mm -hmm. one is getting in the car, driving over to the GameStop store and buying a cartridge and taking back home. So that it, unless they change the digital or they partner with somebody else to change their business model, they should die off. It's just that simple. It was not a conspiracy for the institutional investors to bankrupt them. The institutional investors were doing what they needed to do to make some money off the obvious. Shine, my brother. Man, how long have we been going today? This has been a good conversation. It has been a great conversation. <laughs> and I think we're going to go ahead and let the people enjoy the rest of their day. Okay. We gave them a lot of information. Or the rest of their evening. We gave them a, a lot of good information. Some shares to, or some stocks to go ahead and do some research on their own. We've also discussed the difference between the primary and secondary market. And I know I haven't said this in a while, so I'm going to say it. So with that being said, <laughs> I'm going to take us out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 24 of the I Got Sense podcast. You can support our podcast by making a small monthly donation of a dollar to $10. You can do so by clicking the link in our Instagram bio or by simply going to igotsense.com and clicking donate. You can also provide a non-monetary contribution by liking and subscribing to our instagram i'm sorry to our youtube page that's i got sense podcast and also leaving a review on apple Podcasts. this helps our visibility within our industry on the podcast you can also go ahead to our instagram account i got sense podcast follow like comment shoot any questions you got and share 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 our videos and podcast episodes with all of your friends family co-workers and strangers that you meet shine you got anything else man everything you said times two uh, we uh, really appreciate the continued support and love um like i said y'all please uh Y'all show us some love and share the information with the next person that uh, you think can benefit from this here. And like I started saying in the new year, the plan has changed, folks. 
We ain't trying to look rich in 2021. We trying to get rich. More money, more money, more money. Yes, yes sir. sir. <laughs> well, till next time, folks. Peace. Peace.